Good morning and welcome to Riverside. So glad that you are here. If it's your first time here, we're so grateful that you're here. If it's your first time in a long time, thanks for coming again. We're glad, we're glad you're here today. We're continuing in this series called We Need a Little Christmas. And so I just want to make sure that uh, everybody has their Christmas list turned into the grandparents. Your Amazon wish list has been updated. Are, are you there? You got it? Are we ready? It's Christmas is upon us. There's only 21 more shopping days until Christmas, people. So if you're not in gear yet, it's time, it's time to go. And it seems like every commercial on TV, every ad that pops up on your screen, every algorithm is programmed to convince you that you need, right? You need to buy this, get that for yourself or someone you love in order to be happy. You got to get this. You need, you need this. And this is our contention as we we lean into this this season, this time of year, that, that what you need most, that what we need most is truly a little Christmas. What we need most is Christ. And maybe today what you need is joy. Maybe you need a little joy. I love this quote. Mother Teresa once said this, and and, and I love this. She says, God is joy. Joy is prayer. Joy is a sign of generosity. When you are full of joy, you move faster and you want to go about doing good to everyone. And then she said this, joy is a sign of of union with God. I think she's on to something right there. Joy is a sign of union with God, of God's presence. You ever remember a time in your life when you were like just completely filled with nothing but absolute joy? A time in your life when you were just overwhelmed with joy? And my parents were here this weekend and it was, a, it was a joy to have them here with us. But I remember, I remember early on in our marriage when Alicia and I were, were much younger than we are now. At least uh, I was much younger. She stayed the same the whole time. It's amazing. But uh, we, were, we were getting ready. We found out we were pregnant, about to have our very first child. So we'd go over to tell my parents. And I remember, right, there's something about a birth announcement that just generates this incredible joy and telling her parents, telling family, telling friends, we're expecting there's something about a birth announcement. Is there anything that brings more joy than a birth announcement? There's going to be a new child. There's such joy wrapped up in that moment for, well, for almost everyone. There's one little girl I found out that that was not so excited about this. Her parents told her that they were expecting a new child by putting an eviction notice on her crib. And the, the, the notice read this way. It said, please note that you are required to vacate the premises within 27 weeks as the new tenant is expected to move in on March 10th. She was not very excited about uh, this birth announcement that a new little bro- brother or sister was on the way. It, uh, Alicia and I were talking last night. It reminded me when, when, uh, when Will and Gracie uh, were little. So I think he was, Will, I think you're about four years old. I'm about to throw you under the bus, by the way. Just get ready. Will was about four. I think Gracie was, was two. And we found out, Alicia and I found out, we're expecting another child, a new baby, right? And so we're going to tell, you know, Will and Gracie. It's going to be exciting. You know, so we're around the dinner table that night. Again, Will's four, you know, Gracie's two. And we're like, hey, it's, we got some good news. It's exciting. I want to tell you, you're going to be so excited. Uh, mommy's pregnant. It's going to be a new baby. And we kept talking about the new baby, new baby this, new baby that you're going to love. It's going to be amazing. We're about to have a, a new baby in our home. A new baby's going to be born. And, and then all of a sudden, Will just got real, real sad. I'm like, what's, what's wrong, buddy? He's like, well, I'm really excited about the new baby, but I'm going to miss Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going anywhere, but he thought she was. <laughs> There's something about a birth announcement, right, that just brings such joy. But what happens... What happens when we forget the reason for our joy? 
It's almost unimaginable to, to think about a couple who's, who's now expecting the, the birth of a new child, that they would somehow, some way forget the reason for their joy. I mean, I mean now there's this, this new, new life living and growing uh, inside of you, inside of your beautiful wife. Now, over the next nine months, this journey from, you know, from the, the time the baby's conceived to the, the day that it's born, there's, there's all this excitement and there's the joy of the preparations that have to be made. We've got to buy the baby clothes. We've got to get the furniture put together. got to get the room decorated, all of this, there's just so much joy in this journey, in this season of life. And all along the way, you you never forget the reason for your joy because there's literally new life living and growing inside of you, inside of your beautiful life. And and you know that along that journey, there's some discomfort. You know, pregnancy is not without its discomforts, right? But, but, but you know, because of the joy living within you, you can overcome whatever comes your way. You know, there's going to be pain involved in childbirth. There's fears and worries and concerns about how do we raise a child, not to mention the stress of putting in the car seat for the first time. Can I get an amen, right? That's just super crazy, stressful, hard. But because of the joy within you, because of the joy that's set before you, you can overcome almost any obstacle that, that comes your way. But what happens... What happens when we forget the reason for our joy? We live in a world, we live in a world where so often people forget the reason, that we have a reason for for joy. And what's worse is that those of us who consider ourselves followers of Jesus, so often, because of the world we live in, we forget, don't we? We forget that we have a reason for unparalleled joy. Not talking about happiness. That comes and goes. That changes with seasons and with times and with circumstances and situations. But I'm talking about a joy that can carry you, sustain you, and lift you up. A joy that's deep and abiding. This joy that Mother Teresa speaks of, this, this being in union with God, the presence of God. Can I remind you today of your joy Our joy also revolves around a birth announcement that happened some 2,000 years ago. And I would suggest this was the greatest birth announcement in the history of birth announcements. If you have your Bible, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, I would love to encourage you, invite you to open up to Luke chapter 2. Luke, Dr. Luke gives us this incredible story. Happened about 2,000 years ago in a shepherd's field outside of Bethlehem. And Luke records the scene this way. It's a beautiful story. Luke chapter 2. I'll start in verse 8. He writes, that night there were shepherds staying in a field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Can you imagine this moment in your mind's eye? Unbelievable, beautiful. They were terrified. They were literally scared to death. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. And then the angel said this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy, joy to all people. The Savior, yes, Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. 
Now, these days, birth announcements are a really big deal. In fact, you know, if you're going to tell someone or tell people you're, you, you know, you're expecting a child, if you're going to have a birth announcement, I mean, you have to have a professional photographer. There's got to be an Instagram story. You've got to get T-shirts made. There's got to be signs posted everywhere. You have to have, when you do the gender reveal, there's things that explode with pink or, pink or blue powder. It's, it's, it's very complicated. I'm so glad I had kids when I did. Uh, birth announcements are a big deal. But whatever you do or decide to do for a birth announcement today, I don't think you could ever outdo what God God did 2,000 years ago when he announced the birth of his son. After what it seemed like, felt like 400 years of silence, no word from God, no prophet from God. Now God speaks. And what does he say? He announces the birth of his son. And it was a big deal. Angels filled the heavens. The sky erupted in worship. Shepherds were at first filled with fear and then overwhelmed with joy, so much so that they left their sheep, they left their flocks, and they ran into the city of Bethlehem, trying to find, searching high and low for Mary and Joseph and Messiah for Jesus. And they found him. And you know what they did when they found him? They fell down and they worshiped him. Why? Because of their joy. These shepherds, they had a reason for joy, a reason that, 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 that exceeded or superseded their situation, their circumstance, the political climate in the world around them, all of their fears, their worries, their anxieties, their concerns. Their reason for joy was greater than anything else that was going on in that moment. And Mary and Joseph, they had the same joy. The same joy that helped them overcome and endure. It gave them strength and power. It helped them and enabled them to make that journey from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem, all the while Mary is great with child. How do they do that? Because of the joy that was living and growing inside of her, that, that joy that gave them a reason, the joy that was within them and the joy that was most certainly set before them, kept them going, helped them overcome every obstacle that was in their way. They had joy and their joy had a name. His name is is Jesus, Yeshua, which literally means God saves. And they understood that Jesus gave them reason to be filled with joy. I don't know if they fully had it worked out yet. In fact, I'm almost certain they didn't. But I'm convinced that in some way they understood that this joy, this Jesus, that because of him, everything was changing. Jesus, their joy, was going to be able to rescue them from the kingdom of darkness that was all around them. Jesus, their joy, was going to transfer them into his kingdom of light. And somehow through Jesus, through Messiah, their freedom would be purchased once, finally, for all ages. And their sins would be forgiven. That's how the Apostle Paul, just a few years later, a few years after the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, that's how the Apostle Paul describes what happens in and through Jesus. If you have your Bibles open already, flip a few pages over to Colossians chapter 1. If you have the app, it's there, Colossians chapter 1. I want you to listen to what Paul writes to this, this group of first century Jesus-following people. Verse 11 of chapter 1, Paul says, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And then he says this, may you be filled with joy. And that's a big statement for Paul. May you be filled 
with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he, Jesus, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And right in the middle of this passage, you may have picked up on it. Paul says this, there's this word. May you be filled with joy. The same exact word Luke says, the angel spoke from heaven. I bring you good news. Good news of what? Of great joy. And Paul says this joy, this joy that I want you to be filled with, this joy that was announced by the angels and the shepherds filled, this joy didn't just come from heaven to earth. This joy wasn't just born in a manger in Bethlehem. This joy, the intention of this joy is to fill everyone who is a believer in Christ. And this joy, by the way, gives you strength and endurance, power, patience. This joy has a name. His name is Jesus, Yeshua, which literally means God saves. And because of Jesus, we have a reason to be filled with joy. Because of Jesus, we are rescued from the kingdom of darkness. Because of Jesus, we are transferred into his kingdom of light. Because of Jesus, our freedom has been purchased and our sins have been forgiveness. Happiness, yeah, that comes and goes. This joy we're talking about, the joy that, 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 that Paul wanted all believers in Colossae, but certainly everywhere to be filled with, this changes everything. And this joy, by the way, is unchangeable. It is unshakable. This joy has a name and his name is Jesus. Maybe today what you need is to be filled with a little bit of joy or at least be reminded of your joy. It's about this time of year that we we start singing all the Christmas songs, right? We, we've sung some of those this morning. We'll sing another one here in just a moment. Some of you started listening to Christmas songs uh, the moment the calendar hit December 1st, because you don't want to do it before then, that's too early. Some of you, like me, started a little bit earlier, and that's okay. You're welcome here. I get it. And I'm one of you, right? Some of you, it was like the day after Thanksgiving. Some of you, it might have been before that. It's, it's okay. Everyone, there's no judgment here. We're glad you're in the spirit of the season. Maybe one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time is a song we're going to sing in just a moment, Joy to the World. Anybody? Is that anybody's top five Christmas songs? Ask me that. Nobody? Top five? Top ten? Top 25? Everybody raise your hands. Thanks for being here today. Yes, thank you, church. So I'm glad you love this song as much as I do, even if you don't. Joy to the World, one of the, one of the greatest songs, one of the greatest Christmas songs of all time. But did you know that Joy to the World was written by a man named Isaac Watts in 1719? And when he wrote this song, he never intended it to be a Christmas song. In fact, this song isn't even about the birth of Christ. He never imagined it would become a song that we sing, for the most part, only in December and only at Christmas. When he wrote this song in 1719, he, he wasn't thinking about the birth of Christ or the coming of Christ when he was born in a manger some 2,000 years ago. He had something else in mind entirely. Do you want to know what the song is really about? L listen to the lyrics again. I know you know the words, but listen to the lyrics again and see if you can can understand what the song is truly about. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature 
sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. What is this song about if it's not about the birth of Christ? Verse 3. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. What is this song about? It's not a Christmas song. We sing it at Christmas, and it's good to sing at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas song. When Isaac Watts wrote this song in 1719, he wasn't writing a Christmas song. He wasn't writing about the birth of Christ or the first coming of Christ. You know what he was writing about? He was writing a song about the return of Christ, about the second coming of Christ. When Christ returns and he becomes the King of kings and the Lord of lords, then he'll rule the world with truth and grace. Then his love will go as far as the curse is found and we will all be captivated by the wonders of his love. That's when our Savior will reign. He was reflecting on Psalm 98 and and thinking about the day, not just when Christ will come, but when Christ will come again. And when we think about this time of year, we celebrate all of this, right? We celebrate the the knowledge, knowing, believing, having our faith in the fact that Jesus came. He was born in a manger. We celebrate the story. We remember the story. And we believe in faith that one day he will come again. And that's when every heart will sing joy to the world. The the heavens again will be filled with the, the, the angelic chorus singing glory to God in the highest like never before. And you'll get to hear it. But Paul says, that's not all there is to the gospel story. The gospel story, obviously, yes, Jesus came. He was born in a manger. He lived here among us. He dwelled among us for some 33 years. And then he died on a criminal's cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb only for three days. And then he rose again. Some 40 days later, he was was ascended back to heaven after being seen by more than 500 people. And now he is seated at the right hand of our Father. And that's the gospel story, but that's not all of the gospel story. You know what the gospel story, you know the best part of the gospel story is, at least for Paul, for Brother Paul? It's this, may you be filled with joy. What did he mean by that? If you read Colossians, you discover the secret for Paul, the secret to the gospel. You discover that our joy has a name and his name is Jesus and the secret is Christ in you. That yes, Christ came and yes, Christ will come again. But the one who came and the one who comes again wants to come and dwell and live in you. The one who came to dwell among us wants to dwell inside every heart. The one who rose from the grave wants you to experience resurrected life. So Paul says, I want you to be filled with joy, Christ in you. This is the hope of of glory. This is the hope of glory. You see, we need a little joy and we have reason for joy. And the reason for our joy is Jesus. Jesus who lives inside of us. Church, if you would, let's let's stand together. What happens though for so many of us is that we forget 
the reason for our joy. So today I just want to remind you. I want to remind you that you have a reason for joy. And I know as I say that, some of you are thinking, yeah, but you don't know. You don't know what's going on right now in my heart, what's going on in my life, what's going on in my family, what's going on with my job. You don't know what we've been through. You don't know that this is going to be the first Christmas with this. Or it's going to be the first Christmas without them. And I want to let you know that I may not know that individual story or situation that's going on in your heart and your life. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But I want you to know that your joy, that Jesus does know. And he is familiar with pain. He knows what it is to bear a cross. He walked the Via Della Rosa. He knows the weight. He knows the gravity. And the joy that is Jesus, this is what carries me. And this is what can carry you to the hardest times of your life. I know that because the Hebrew writer said as much when he wrote these words. For the joy, for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And now he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. This joy that's living inside of you, this joy that I pray is growing inside of you, this is the joy that is within you, and this is also the joy that is set before you. And it acts like a, a buoy when you're, when you're just trying to keep your head above water. This is, the, this is the joy that helps you walk the dark and difficult days. This is the joy that keeps you going. And it's not a, a happiness where you got to fake a smile and pretend like everything's fine. This is something deeper. This is that a abiding presence. This is what Mother Teresa talked about. It's this joy that is union with God, being in the presence of God. This is the joy that we have as believers in Jesus. This is our reason for joy. Jesus is our joy. His name is Yeshua. God saves. So we're going to sing this song. I think we're going to sing. Are we singing this song, Joy to the World? We are now. We are now. <laughs> We had some changes this morning, and so I'm maybe throwing you a curveball. I don't know. But we're going, we're going in right here. You guys sing loud because I don't know if Chad knows it. We're going to sing this song, Joy to the World. And you may or may not have a heart full of joy as the world calls it this morning, but you do have a heart full of Jesus. And I want you to sing out. And this song, for you, it may be about when Christ came. For all of us, it's about when Christ comes again. But I pray that it would remind you that Christ wants to come and live and dwell within you. Let's sing. 